All right, everyone, welcome back to the Creative BTS podcast. This is Brian Boucher, and today I am so excited to bring on Jeff Miles, the VP of Marketing at Bev. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Brian. Uh, great to talk to you. It's been been a little while. I know. I, th- this, is a, this is a more personal connection for me with Aleeks, and I went to Dartmouth together, the founder of Bev. Um, so I've kind of seen her uh, progress from the start and kind of building Bev over time, but would love to get a little more background on yourself. Uh, as you know, you've taken over marketing for Bev. Yeah, uh, that's been an interesting, uh, we can go down a lot of paths with that one. Um, Alix and I are, are also married, which we don't like talk about yeah. a lot, but um, we have like that family dynamic going on, which has its own challenges. Um, but <laughs> I, I work came all on... the time. <laughs> that's right. It's personal. <laughs> we, we, we work all the time. Yeah. Um, and then she, she will actually drag me away from my, my computer, uh, mm-hmm. at, at times. Um, but we started working together. Um, you know, my background, we actually knew each other outside of, um, outside of just you and Alix and, and Dartmouth back mm-hmm. when, before you were, you got acquired by Smartsheet. Yep. Um, I think we, we did something, uh, a project together, but, um, you know, I was working in the political realm and, and advertising and, and uh, consumer products as well. And last fall, um, we were talking and Alix was like, hey, I need some help in uh, the marketing department. Um, it was a very young team. And he's like, will you come in and help out for a couple months? And uh, now, like just about a year later, um, it's been, been a little more than a couple months, but we have had, uh, a lot of growth, very thankful for that during this time, like during COVID. Yep. Um, and, um, it's been exciting. It's been a wild ride. Lots of, lots of ups and downs. I mean, I've been a fly on the wall for, for all of it through the whole life cycle of Bev, but, um, especially since I've, um, come on being able to see those ups and downs and feel them more, more personally, it's been exciting and, uh, Great. I mean, I have a great, great team that I work with here. Yeah. Well, I've, I've talked to uh, some larger marketing teams at, at much larger enterprises down to like midsize and growth type companies, but I, I haven't spoken to like a true uh, startup yet, you know, that's kind of been built from the ground up and building the marketing um, from the ground up. And with oh, Bev, you know, well, let's get into it. Yeah, exactly. So do you want to give um, a quick pitch on Bev? Yeah, sure. I'm actually not, I don't know if you're recording this for video. I'm not drinking <laughs> Bev right now. I'm That's having okay. flying embers. Um, yeah, so Bev, uh, so Bev, at least started this uh, a little over um, two and a half years ago now, which is wild, um, based around sort of what she was experiencing in, you know, social scenes and both like during college and, and post like wanting to um, create a product in the more like social party atmosphere um, that was made for uh, and by women um, and and speaks to women. Um, And, you know, if you look on um, you look at like your shelves, like Jack Daniels and you see a lot of like darker colors, um, you're starting to see more and more come, come out of that. But a, a lot of what, when Alix started the, the brand, um, you know, it was mostly, you know, men marketing towards men or men targeting towards uh, men buying drinks for women. Yeah. And um, she wanted to create a drink that, and, and not just a drink, you know, the Bev's uh, mission, Break the Glass, 
really is about breaking barriers um, for women and underrepresented um, communities, you know, to uh, really expand themselves um, in lots of different ways. And that's why how Made by Chicks actually comes into play in all of this is sort of, you know, a tying thread um, in everything that, that we're doing. Yeah. And it's interesting for, you know, consumer goods, especially in new brands that you're launching, like the brand is the, you're launching a brand, which, you know, for, compared to B2B software, like we did at Slope, um, you know, our startup, which was very B2B SaaS focused, you start with the product and then you kind of build the brand around that where like the brand is so central to any kind of consumer good that you launch. So what has it been like, kind of like you almost pitch the brand first and then you, you know, it's, it's a, it's a key part of that product as it grows. Yeah, I mean, when when Alix raised her first round of, of seed money, before I was involved at all, um, you know, there was there were no sales. Uh, she pitched the idea yeah. and the brand and the vision, and um, she did that very like intuitively. I think that comes across really just in her to to people. Yep. But um, what we see, you know, a lot of marketers, founders, they, they make mistakes in terms of um, creating products. You know, creating the what. If you, you, I'm sure most people who listen to your podcast are quite familiar with like Simon Sinek and like start mm-hmm. with why that concept's been around for a while, but um, very few put that really into practice and, and heart. Yeah. Um, I think for Bev, the why is at uh, the heart of everything that we do, every content piece that comes out of it. We talk about it literally all the time um, and connecting to people on that emotional level becomes a lot easier when you are when you have the why in front of you right you can you can hear the concept of like why am i doing this and like the bigger vision um but if you're not holding it in front of you and like using it as the lens that you're you're doing your work through every single day it's not going to come through yeah and and you know, on that, as you've grown the brand, what is it? What has it been like over the last year? Has it changed? Have you evolved it? Kind of, what's the progression since you've started? Yeah. So we, um, I mean, it's it's evolved a lot. Um, for one, at one point, I realized we needed to make money. Uh, <laughs> as as all businesses realize at some point. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, you know, it, it sort of, we, we signed up last summer, um, last September, pretty much right before I, I joined with um, our distribution partner, Southern Glaciers. Um, it's the largest wine spirits distributor in, in North America. And they're amazing um, into, you know, they're our distributor for retail stores. So we're in Target now. Um, we also got Target, Safeway, Kroger, yeah. Albertsons, Von Civilians, all these like great grocery chains. Um, and so they, you know, help us get into those distribute um on the retail side and that was even before um even before d2c e-commerce was like a thing for us we weren't that was not a big channel basically up until february is when it started increasing um and then you know since people have been at home and in quarantine uh i would say wine sales have gone up quite a bit and um you know we've we've had to pivot as well during that um in order to meet meet the demand and also deal with the fact that, you know, what was 40% of our revenue being on-premise bars, restaurants was now closed. Mm-hmm. And we had to figure out how we were gonna make money, also like how we were gonna work with our distributor uh, on, that, on that front. Um, 
and thankfully we've we've still done like fairly well um in in terms of the off premise like in grocery chains um bars and restaurants are still hurting quite a bit as as you know um but our e-commerce just started taking off and so we we pivoted you know to that hugely in march we started running paid ads um and focusing just where we were putting our our marketing effort into you know direct response um but building out the channels for the long haul in terms of how we were interacting with our customers and truly making it you know a digital first brand yeah well check out the the new website launch i think was a few months ago incredible beautiful um i really oh, I really appreciated that launch um, but give the audience a little idea of, you know, you talk about dis- distributors, you talk about going directly to on-prem and D to C. Um, are those the only three channels? Are those the focuses? And how does the marketing change for each of those different uh, channels? Yeah, so those, those are our main channels um, that, you know, make up the vast majority of, of our revenue. We, we also have started doing like some, some e-commerce uh, D2C like gifting for, for corporations, oh, yep. right? So yep. like if you're the executive assistant to Bill Gates, um, whoever you are, hope you're listening. <laughs> now, uh, you can, you know, go and, and sign up and we make it really easy to do custom gifts too for more corporate stuff. But mm-hmm. um, off-prem, on-prem and D2C are major channels. And, um, you know, we, the way I think about them is, uh, well, we haven't honestly had to focus too much on on on-prem during all of this, but yep. we want to support um, obviously the grocery um, being in you know Target. It's super important not to get pulled off. So, like yeah. the launching months for a, for any brand into a major chain like that, you need to have pull through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I. We, do, we run targeted ads, uh, geo-targeted ads around you know, locations like that. Um, and just to make sure that we are getting the pull through um, that we need to during, during this time. Um, and it's interesting to sort of see the, the behavior of people. Uh, we, we've, seen it, we've seen a lot of trial driven on, on direct-to-consumer. Just, I mean, we as Bev have seen it, yeah. but also talking to a lot of other friends and you know, consumer uh, CPG businesses, um, you know, try a lot of trial being driven online. Um, and for the most part, it's starting to change a little bit now, but in retail, people are running in, they're running out, they're not spending time or like browsing shelves, right? Yeah. Because you don't, it's scary. You want to go, you, you want to get in, and get, get in and get out. Yeah. Or just get delivery. Get your stuff. Right. Or just get Instacart, in which case yeah. you already, you already know, but that's, that's also, um, been a place for for discovery uh i think a lot of the bigger brands are throwing throwing money though to in there to promote sure those instacart products. is doing pretty yeah. well in terms of their promoted at the dollars uh and you know when we when we started slope we were always just kind of experimenting with the t- different channels different spends on these different channels what's going to work what's going to not have you come up with a framework or a kind of a way of approaching because you know, startups, limited dollars, you, you raise your round, you only have a limited budget to kind of experiment with. Have What's been your approach to kind of try to figure out which one of those work and when? Yeah. Um, so when we first started running ads, um, you know, we, F- Facebook has been our largest channel in mm-hmm. that. Um, it's Facebook it's just, or it's, Instagram? Uh, both, but Facebook okay. actually. Wow. Um, I mean, Facebook, 
and, and Instagram are, are just unmatched. I mean, I know there's a lot of like social stuff going on um, around them right now. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, their, how you can market on them, how you can reach people, um, it's un- unmatched in terms of, you know, just connecting with your audience and on a low budget. So like yeah. small businesses, you talk to any like small business that's, are, that's running Facebook ads, um, running them like successfully. And, you know, they'll tell you it's, it's making their business. And for yeah. us, when we were first starting, we didn't have any money coming in in terms of D2C revenue. It did truly make our business. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, testing from, um, so we tested, you know, very top of funnel, uh, not having much in our email or we, we had just launched an SMS platform in, in March when we started pivoting. Um, yeah. We got that set up. Um, so it didn't really have a ton of owned channels and so everything was testing on top of funnel and, and, um, and Facebook, different creatives. Um, yeah. And, you know, videos that we had, we had made in house and uh, testing a lot of different copy until we found, you know, what works, just throwing stuff, stuff on the wall. Yeah. Uh, and, and different audiences. Yeah. I guess that's, that's how you should do it. <laughs> yes. You're, especially, especially for for anybody who's testing um, ads, like start slowly tests, you know, test from a broad audience, probably first, if you have the ability to throw, you know, a, a decently, small amount of money, you know, in there, I think if you have at least 10 K or, mm-hmm. or something in, in a month to spend, um, throw it in a broad audience, Facebook's algorithms are good at finding the right people. And then, you know, break out into interest audiences, change up your creative. Um, but you know, it takes a little bit of time to figure out what's, what works with your target demo. Yeah. I, there's a lot of startups and like these startup studios that are popping up that will come up with their actual, startup ideas be just through Facebook advertising. They'll just test the different copy, test the different audiences and then whatever hits oh, yeah. them the most. They're like, Oh, there's some potential here. We should run with this. Yeah. Uh, we're actually running a campaign like that right now. So with like <laughs> launching new products, right? Like it's a good way to test that. Yeah. Uh, well we have, I haven't, <laughs> I don't think anybody said anything about launching new products on the team yet. I can't talk about that yeah. exactly, but yeah, we have new products coming down the line and um, yeah, that's one of the ways we're, we're testing it, right? It's yeah. just to see what's resonating with people. And it's a great way to great way to do customer, you know, surveys and product testing. Yeah, exactly. And it can just be for like, if you just want to take some flyers, you know, I have friends in the CPG industry too, where they just want to test, all right, let's try to validate this idea in the market and they can be done through Facebook. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So resources are always constrained at startups, especially on the marketing side. So give us an idea of your team. What, what are you operating with? How do you break it apart? Who has which role? in-house, external, um, how do you piece this team together? Um, I'm actually hiring uh, right now for, for a new e-commerce growth person. Um, think about growth people is like most of them, most of the best ones are consultants because they know their value. Yep. So it's, it's, it's very annoying to try to find one. Especially yeah. like DT, DTC, like advertisers, growth people, they can just work across so many brands and they're so good at it. Yeah, they're so good at it. Um, so we're, we're trying to find one, you know, in, internally, um, right now, mostly, you know, to do the, on uh, our own onsite, you know, AB testing, building landing pages, um, and, and look at the data, um, and tell us, you know, which direction creative should go to both for our paid and, uh, organic content. But, um, 
right now I'm doing, you know, most of the e-commerce. We also uh, are working with an agency now. Um, we brought one on the end of uh, last month just to expand our capacity as we're, you know, growing. Yeah. Um, and we have uh, our creative team. So uh, our creative director, Charlotte, who actually um, has been working with Elix on Bev since the very beginning. She helped, yeah. she designed like the brand. Um, she's amazing. She like leads up all of our creative focus. Um, we have another designer too on the, on the team for, for support. Um, and we really just, we wanna actually make our content mostly in-house. Um, or at least managed in house, managed in house in terms of working with ambassadors and influencers. Yeah. But um, you know, we have a very like specific vision for content. I don't think we have gotten to a point where you know we're having our own internal like creative fatigue or like not seeing stuff. We always try to um, through different things we do. You know, our team try to see things outside of our own bubble. Yeah. Um, which is, which is generally where agencies would come in, but we, you know, love just being able to move fast. And I think that's an important part of like our team is um, we want to be able to move like fast to churn out content um, to, you know, get a meme out or like piece out that is super relevant at the time that it's there. Right. You can't do that if you're, um, or you're going to be a lot slower if you're waiting for, you know, an, an agency and doing back and forth like that. Yeah. So and you don't learn as much, you know, if it's in house, you just, you get that quick feedback loop. Right. Can yeah, a lot no, faster. absolutely. That's yeah. true. Um, and then we, we have, uh, uh, our, our social media and events manager, uh, Tess, um, and Emma who just came on, um, around partnerships to, to help with the partnerships. Um, funny thing about Tess is she just, came she was hired literally right before everybody went into quarantine mm-hmm. so she hasn't done a single part of the events part of her job yeah um, but she's been she's been crushing social yeah that's that the plans have changed uh <laughs> across a lot of different marketing teams i know we we're planning on a, a huge event right now and it's all virtual just everything's virtual now right yeah right. Much you can yeah do we we've done some some virtual events and um you know i i think that some some have shown like good success, um, but others haven't. It's a, sort of a weird feeling in terms of, um, you know, where thinking about how we allocate our time as a resource, yeah. right? And a lot of people are spending time on social. I think our social and our giveaways um, that we've done, different things that we, you know, Instagram Live, um, Alix is actually, uh, Alix the founder and my yeah. wife, is it is inside right now answering questions uh, for her own like AMA on her Instagram yeah, and that's done yeah. incredibly well recently. Yep. Um, so it, there's a lot of things that we've d- done to just be interactive and engaging uh, that, you know, we've seen grow our audience more than it ever has been. I think people, you know, people are on their phones a lot right now and at their homes yeah. and looking for stuff to, interact with that they like that they can connect to emotionally um and for our audience i mean it's it's going well so we hope we, yeah. we're providing that yeah I, social is exploded across every marketer i talk to uh it's the communities that are there people want to connect more with these kind of the virtual communities um, we started the whole marketing twitter slack and everyone actually goes to those happy hours every week because everything's shut off and then you know in person so 
I've definitely seen that. And it seemed like Facebook advertising, you know, from the DTC uh, gurus I follow, the, the growth hackers, like Facebook spend has been all over the place. But you see, oh, yeah. you see some good, good prices because so many people are being, you know, just on social all the time. Yeah, it has been all over the place. I was, I was just talking. Um, I don't know if you guys know the guys at March, Matcha Bar. Um, I was uh, talking no. with the, them and some other people. I'll introduce you later. Max and Graham are great. Um, but we were talking about D2C and just e-commerce in general trends that people are seeing during this time. And um, yeah, I mean, we're, we've been experiencing it. And uh, it seems across the board, both from large brands pulling, pulling their spend from Facebook. Um, and a variety of other factors. It's just been all over the place. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move into our case study slash whatever we're calling this segment. Uh, just talking about a cool thing. And this is one of my favorites because at Slope, I pitched every VC that every company is a media company. That was our tagline in every single pitch. And <laughs> Bev, you just launched what? Today, yesterday? Uh, yesterday, yes. Made yesterday, by Chicks. Made by Chicks. Uh, you're starting a media company, first one with the leaks and Mina Harris, the founder of Phenomenal Women. Uh, and you're launching a media company. And I'd love to kind of just get a quick pitch on, you know, why are you doing this? Why is this part of kind of the overall brand mission of Break the Glass? Um, I believe in it, but a lot of people are kind of, uh, you know, why would a why would a canned beverage, why would Bev start a media platform? Yeah, I mean, it's a good, good question. Um, Alix actually always wanted to go and before even the concept of Bev came, I think she, she originally wanted to go and, and start a media company before this. Um, and because she wanted to have a way to spread like the mission that she wanted to um, bring to the world and mm -hmm. media, you have distribution that you own um, is a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, she, that was before she you know knew anything about the, about the space and, um, realized that she, you know, could start off much better through, uh, through a beverage and a canned wine that we could sell D to C. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, now we're looking at made by chicks, which has been part of the Bev brand, like from the very beginning, um, yeah. as a tagline, it's written on the side of our cans, um, on everything really. And, you know, using that as a platform to, um, you know, empower, Women talk about the real and raw issues. That's what the podcast is all about. As Alix has interviewed um, some truly amazing people, um, starting with Mina Harris in this first podcast episode, mm -hmm. and really getting into the raw, the dirty, like the stuff that um, doesn't come out. I feel like in most entrepreneurial uh, interviews, and um, sharing that with people who are either wa wanting or looking at. Um, you know, taking a career in entrepreneurship or just, I mean, it's, it's life as well. It's um, ad advice on life. And she's done it through the, we, we made made by chicks in the lens of you know, these people also giving advice to Alix as a first time founder. Um, yeah. You know, Bev has started doing well. We've had a lot of, um, you know, stumbles along the way and, and obviously still as, learning as every quite, quite a bit every day. Yeah. Um, so that was the whole, you know, scope of Made by Chicks is the podcast is like giving advice to Alix as his first time founder and hopefully having a lot of, you know, that advice resonate with the audience and just getting, becoming very vulnerable and authentic and sharing that. Um, and as a media platform, you know, it's, it's going, uh, we, we hope that expands, you know, much 
further than that. Um, and we can create uh, a community around those values um, mm-hmm. where people feel uh, empowered to share, you know, their own stories and have, um, have impact on others. Um, and we'll, we'll be creating, you know, more content around, around that, that will fuel. Um, it's not necessarily like made for Bev, but it's going to fuel the Bev brand and um, who knows what else. Yeah. Well, that was my next question is, you know, how do you fit those two brands together? Is it one brand? Are they separate? How do you manage that uh, from the marketing side? Uh, they are like neighbors, like touching shoulders. Okay. <laughs> um, where they're loosely, loosely connected. Like we have different, um, if you look at the branding of made by chicks that like rainbow yep. swoop in there, that's actually on the front of our building, um, which is behind oh, wow. the Venison. Um, and we use rainbows and a lot of Bev, uh, a lot of Bev art and, um, branding like throughout. So we, we have sort of like nods to the other brand. Um, obviously Made by Chicks is written on the sides of our cans and that's not going away anytime soon. So that's a very yep. o- obvious one. Um, but I, I look at Made by Chicks um, as, you know, sort of this umbrella, um, what will hopefully become like an umbrella like platform um, with a strong voice that can speak to a lot more than just canned wine. Um, and has a has a much larger um you know intention of of what we're building in it yeah and when you think about like other brands that might want to do this are you thinking about having the metrics separately like if you're if you're looking at like the kpis or okrs for bev versus made by chicks do you think about them separately do they tie together it's an interesting kind of thing to piece together yeah i think um i mean we want to have some sort of attribution channel or we're seeing like Oh, is, is the podcast actually driving, you know, sales of Bev and, um, Alex is actually just recording some, some mid roll ads where we don't, we're not <laughs> a hilarious. sponsored, we're not a sponsored yeah. podcast. Uh, we just did this for, for fun and to have some like great stories told, but yeah. we, we just decided to write some, some funny mid roll ads that some Alex fake is ones. recording. Yeah. I mean for, for Bev, but just like funny. Oh, um, oh yeah. yeah having, yeah. having, that's fun. great with them yeah um what was the question (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's an interesting thing to like link the the okrs and attribution together where are you thinking of made by chicks is like you're gonna try to build that up as almost a separate brand which is with its own set of goals and then kind of see what the attribution is are you gonna because there's there's always going to be a tension there where you're wanting to drive more leads to bev but you don't want to do it at the expense of the made by chicks brand yeah, I, I think the, with Made by Chicks, like this first podcast, we're seeing this as a proof of concept, right? What we can do with it. Um, yeah, this the, is day I, one, by the way, everyone. This, this, is, is, this is day, this is day one. Day one. <laughs> we're not, uh, we're we're not, not like throwing back. a ton of money into this. And like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're seeing where um, same, same way we like test, test ads, like what's resonating with people. And maybe it's not a podcast, who knows? Um, and we're, we do want to build this out in, in a way that uh, we're, um, you know, connecting with this audience in a meaningful way and, and building something that, again, is larger than, than Bev. I think ideally it will be uh, grow to something that is, has its own OKRs, right, is, is me- yeah. measured against itself, has its own PNL. Um, but we're not, you know, we're not quite, quite there yet. 
You haven't figured it out on, on day one yet? <laughs> we'll, we'll, have to do, we'll have to do a check-in at some point. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how this proof of concept goes. But I'm, I'm bullish on it. I, I think it's a cool, um, you know, having your own owned channels, um, well, having your own channels, right? Yeah. And having media uh, as, as one, um, you know, it's not Facebook ads, it's not your Facebook page uh, or just your email list or SMS, right? Looking at yeah. actual own channels. Um, if you have a, a voice and a following, um, you know, that, that opens up the doors to additional, so many additional revenue streams, um, both in, in advertising and then uh, creating potentially uh, other, other brands and stuff around it. Um, I think just having your own, um, your own platform like that, you can, you can do a lot if, if it's done right. Yeah. Well, I just had uh, Morning Brew on with their different kind of email newsletters with the B2B media industry. Mm-hmm. And just growing that email list, growing your following and community, you're right. It opens up so much more. You own it. It really reduces the amount of uh, investment you need to take to grow because you can kind of sustain yourself a little bit more from all those opportunities. But yeah. you know, when, when you think about growing kind of the podcast, what are some other things? What do you think kind of the next steps are if these tests go well? YouTube channels, feature films, Alix is on the big screen. What's kind of the, what would be your ideal huge vision for this? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think my, my personal vision like for this, which uh, should connect with Alix on this. No, but, <laughs> She'll find out um, on the pod. Just, just send right. her the podcast. <laughs> no, I, you know, we, we definitely want to build out right like i was saying before our own in-house creative team i think video is the next next step for us in that um video is huge you look at youtube it's enormous platform um it it requires a lot of work um i mean made you look at every you know major media outlet that has their own video team i mean some do it incredibly efficiently and and uh i really would like to know how they do it um because it, it just takes so much work but I think for us, um, you know, video is is definitely, um, you know, next on the horizons and building out that that team, both that would fuel right our our paid ads even more, um, and our organic content, as well as you know this this media platform, YouTube, um, and and other things that we're doing. But I can see video as as that next leap. Um, if this goes well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. E- even if this doesn't go well, we're, we're going to move into video slowly, but I think this can help propel it even faster. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it's, it's incredible what some of those media companies can do with hundreds of videos a day across all it's channels. Insane. They're just, it's insane. they're, they're powerhouses. Hats off to like, uh, vice and like complex, all, all these major media companies that just churn out videos. I mean, it's, it's insane. Well, luckily you're in Venice. So I think you can find some people who are familiar with YouTube, uh, you know, wherever you turn on the boardwalk. There are, there are a few. Yes. Every, every TikTok I see is, is on Santa Monica pier or, or in Venice. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of creators out there. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's certainly not lacking out here. Um, and it's, it's cool. It's a cool environment actually being in, in Venice just to touch on that. I mean, we haven't been in the office for a long time, but I don't know yeah. if you've actually seen our office. It's right behind the down. Venice sign. Um, okay, cool. Well, you know, post quarantine or socially distanced meetup, uh, the, like right behind the Venice sign, we took over this, this building um, and 
painted a very subtle pink with the rainbow painted on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's such an iconic spot there that I think also just meshes so well with our brand. I mean, we were really lucky yeah. to stumble upon the space. Um, and it, you know, was the perfect, perfect timing, like for our size and what we, what we were looking for. Um, but you just walk, you know, 10 feet and you're on, you're on the boardwalk. That's amazing. Um, and you know, it, it fits so well. We've actually done a ton of in-house videos just on the boardwalk there with, you know, people like skateboarding, um, yeah. or like carrying it in a fanny pack behind their back. And it, it just like Venice has a unique, uh, ruggedness to it, like a culture yeah. personality that, um, is hard to find elsewhere just because I think it's such a melange of different, of different personalities in it. Um, but it, it, has fit very well with like our brand and the voice that we're trying to convey as well. And it makes it a lot easier to create content when you can go out and have that as your studio. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We end each podcast with uh, a parting shot. So this could be to other startup marketers. This could be to, it's just like advice. Like what would you leave the audience with? It could be to startup marketers. It could be to fortune 500 CMOs that are definitely listening to this podcast. Uh, who might want to inject some startup marketing, you know, uh, you know, energy into their organization. But what, what's a takeaway that you'd, uh, that you'd give the audience on creative BTS? Um, so one of my like college, early college um, mentors, who wasn't, he was, he was a physicist. He wasn't even uh, in, in marketing, but this has resonated with me and I've, I've tell it to everybody um, and has kept, uh, me going really strongly throughout the years, but um, say what you do and do what you say. Two simple things that most marketers don't do. Um, and by doing those, everything else is made easier. That's great advice. Just, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, good luck fighting through the pandemic and, uh, and getting this new media company off the ground. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brian. Great being on. 